0: oh my
1: oh my god oh my god becky look at her butt welcome to the very first episode of Oh My Podcast, the writing and pop culture podcast. Uh, but basically it's about anything we happen to feel like. I'm Katie McDermott.
0: And I'm Ali Kerr. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Princess Diana, but not the Princess Diana that you're thinking of. No, we'll be talking about... What's the, What's the All the world-
1: She is the most famous female superhero and the long overdue star of her own movie, currently in cinemas. So we start by talking about the history,
0: um, her yeah. kind of
1: story, who she is.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good place to start off. Um, so she actually wasn't always known as Wonder Woman. She was originally known as Superman.
1: <laughs> Which would be brilliant in Ireland.
0: Absolutely brilliant. superma And um, she debuted in 1941. I'm not sure if it was the day or the day after, on um,
1: Pearl Harbour. She is a character who is steeped in history between like the 1940s suffrage movement and then she spent most of her early careers fighting Nazis during World War II, so whether it was intentional or not, it was hardly intentional to release it on Pearl Harbour, like you couldn't plan that. No. They'd be very suspicious.
0: <laughs> Unless they were pure evil. <laughs>
1: Well, some in the comics industry might be.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is true. Highly unlikely, but um, yeah, and it was created by William Marston, who actually wasn't a writer. He was a an inventor and a psychologist from Harvard.
1: Yeah, PhD and everything. And before his him delving into the comics book world, he was famous for inventing the systolic pulse machine, which later became the polygraph test.
0: So that was like a huge influence with the lasso of truth.
1: Yes. He did indeed believe women to be more truthful than men. And at one point he said, uh, Wonder Woman is psychological propaganda for the new type of woman who I believe should rule the world.
0: Exactly. That's what Wonder Woman described. The new type of woman that should rule the world. (laughs) Hint, hint. Hint, hint. But very progressive for the 40s. Yeah. Very progressive. And um, so she was based on his wife, Elizabeth, and his partner, Olivia Byrne, and they actually all lived together in a manger trois.
1: <laughs> I heard it was, um, was it Elizabeth provided, she kind of based her attitude on Elizabeth, and then appearance on Olive. And if you see pictures, you can kind of see huge similarities between even her style and um, the early Wonder Woman drawings. And apparently Olive always wore bracelets as well.
0: Ah, so more influence on that. <laughs> and um, so... We'll go into the mythos or mythology of Wonder Woman now. Um, so her mother, Hippolyta, m- originally made her out of clay.
1: Yes, yeah, so and one of the original myths she made her out of clay, and then Greek ga- uh, Zeus, the Greek king of the gods, brought her to life. But this later fell afoul of the censors, and uh, they didn't like the idea of having a woman born without man, even though it's fine for the Bible. And in later runs, I don't actually know which run, you hardly know, where it was Hippolyta had a relationship with Zeus and they had their daughter Diana.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I don't know, was that Silver Age or when it was?
0: Um, Yeah, and she was the Amazonian queen who's played by Robin Wright in the movie. And you'd know Robin Wright from House of Cards. And
1: she also is Princess Buttercup in... Princess Bride. Really? Yeah. Ah, because I don't watch House of Cards, but that's kind of amazing. I don't watch
0: it either, but I'm, I'm sure our viewers would.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Audience,
0: audience, viewers. Audience,
1: listeners. Listeners, yeah. I hope we have some. <laughs> How long ago was the Princess Bride?
0: Uh, that would be 1986,
1: I believe. And she's playing Hippolyta.
0: Hippolyta, yeah.
1: Cool, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. And um, so yeah she was raised on Temaschera. Am I pronouncing that right? Themiscira Island?
1: It's hard to know how the ancient Greek was produced pronounced but it's Temuskyra or Temaskyra, I think are the most common ones. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, she's this the Greek goddess made this home for Amazon Amazonian women who were murdered by men and therefore men were no longer allowed on the island.
1: And of course because she's a character in comic books, it's never that simple. There's versions upon versions, upon rewrites, upon reboots of everything. So in various different versions...
0: As, different, is, as so, is the DC universe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Marvel's not exactly innocent of that either, though. <laughs> They're a multiverse. Yeah. But um, in one version of the myth, for example, Hercules enslaved the Amazons and they escaped and went to their own private island, which was initially called Paradise Island. But the bracelets and gauntlets they wear are a reminder of the shackles they wore as slaves to make sure they never trust men. Deep... Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yeah, in like the, the first episode of the TV show and in the first comic book, Steve Trevor, who's a he's a pilot in World War Two, accidentally crashes his plane onto the island, and then Diane, later known as Wonder Woman, uh, nurses him back to health. So the whole sort of Florence Nightingale thing happens and comes into effect.
1: Yeah, I was and... in love with the first man she sees
0: first ever first thing with a penis she sees
1: <laughs> I was doing a bit of research and I can't find any reason for Steve Trevor to have been flying in the area at the time he's in the US Air Force and the US weren't in Greece at the time Greek was in the Greece was in the Greco-Italian War after the Axis invaded Albania I believe and they had like their own kind of homegrown resistance but there would have been no American intervention at the time so he's a really really bad pilot
0: really really shit pilot yeah <laughs> very lost <laughs> and um yeah so you were saying he was like basically made the pur- the precursor for the polygraph test and uh, the this last- is malton
1: marston now is it
0: malton marston yeah no not steve trevor sorry yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so the lasso of truth and actually originally it didn't make you tell the truth it made you obey what
1: wonder woman's commands were yeah, and she could always command you to tell the truth, so that seems more useful, you're getting more out of it that way.
0: Really? It's like,
1: I want a cup of tea. Yeah. Okay,
0: Wonder Woman, would you like sugar with that?
1: <laughs> I'd love if that were in one of the comics. Make me a sandwich.
0: Make me a sandwich. Ah, oh, gender role reversal.
1: Yeah, which was big. Back then, actually, even still today, in modern Wonder Woman, it's still, 75 years later, it's still transgressive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's how
1: little we've progressed.
0: Oh, it's, it's hard to think that way. We haven't gone so far in 75 years. Yeah. Uh, and also, her catchphrase used to be suffering Sappho.
1: <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, Sappho was a, a poet from the island of Lesbos, where we get the word lesbian from. Uh, she wrote a lot of her poems about women and her female students. So suffering Sappho.
0: Suffering Sappho. And yeah, Wonder Woman is kind of like, obvious bisexual as well i mean if you're living on an island full of women it's only going to go one way
1: but she's canonically bisexual as well she came out in the comics i think in a 2015 edition as bisexual if there weren't any earlier um and she's a huge lgbt figure and kind of symbol for lgbt activism in a comic in 2015 she officiated at a woman at a wedding between two women Gotta love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, um, yeah, and also she was one of the first to join the Justice League.
1: Yeah, one of the original members. However, there is controversy over that. Yes. Also she was made Secretary yes. of the
0: Justice League. <laughs> oh.
1: Now this is decried as sexist. Um, it's since been defended because people say Marston wanted it this way on purpose. So as not to take the focus off his own Wonder Woman comic. Um, and diverted to the Justice League however I, I don't buy that
0: No I don't buy it either and like her kind of input was minimal and she was replaced by Black Canary as well in like late 60s early 70s so it's like eh
1: But this is part of a trend with the character like she's one of the most, one of the strongest characters in the DC universe and at various points throughout her Career, I suppose you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's divested of her powers, like the straight to TV movie. I can't remember the actress, the blonde one. Oh, her.
0: yeah, her name was Kathy Lee Crosby.
1: Yeah, and she's also
0: a tennis player. Okay. Yeah. And nice.
1: she's kind of Wonder Woman in name in it, but has no powers or anything wondrous about her about yeah her. and she
0: doesn't wear the same uniform either she wears black and red but it's like a black and red kind of leotard plus jumpsuit yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not you know the, the black white and black white red white and gold yeah that we're used to when the the spangled red white and blue is it? red white and blue there we and go and
1: gold as well all
0: the colours all the colours <laughs> and um
1: yeah and in the 1960s run in the comics as well she basically just ran a boutique is there anything wondrous about her then either?
0: Oh yeah, that was known as the I Ching period. <laughs> I Ching was a, a Chinese kung fu master who taught her kung fu, and when she had her her powers taken away from her, oh, and her suit was taken away from her. Not only did they take her powers, they also took her suit away from her.
1: I'm sure so they're not saying anything there, taking her clothes off her.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, she became a kung fu fighting fashionista.
1: <laughs> but uh, this is um part of an interesting thing with her in that she's either completely powerless or she can be incredibly overpowered batman at one point said wonder woman is the best melee fighter in the world and superman even said to her we may be evenly matched you and i in the terms of raw power princess and then different things she does to prove her strength is she helps green lantern and superman move the moon so she is definitely one of the more powerful characters when she's allowed to be
0: yeah I mean like like they didn't even let her fly she was giving an invisible jet
1: (laughs) yeah which I couldn't find any explanation for that anywhere could you
0: it's like how could she fly it it's invisible Um, (laughs) well it is
1: telepathically controlled I believe in in some versions of it
0: and weren't you saying it was like a sentient jet plane oh I don't know (laughs) (laughs) and like if if she needed it to call it she would like wolf whistle and it would like be there like (laughs)
1: but it is crazy like these Amazons who are cut off from the rest of the world who haven't developed past sword technology if they have an invisible plane yes they or have they even a... have the word plane
0: yeah or jet plane yeah they have the technology it, yeah it's super <laughs> weird but yeah they, they eventually did get rid of the plane yeah like fuck and <laughs> uh, Hermes gave her his his uh, sandals
1: yeah so she has actually quite. what's quite interesting about her is that her accessories seem to give her a lot of power
0: Exactly, yeah. And her bracelets are actually made of a metal that you can only get on this island in Tesmic Temeskira Island, <laughs> and it's called Femi Metal, which is stronger than any other metal on Earth,
1: which I think is awesome. She also is the girdle of Hippolyta in some versions of the of her run, and she her tiara can be used as a boomerang used to cut people. So her accessories become her weapons. So it's kind of subversion. Of femininity, like weaponizing femininity and kind of undercutting the criticism that these things were frivolous.
0: Also, and she, not only that, she also has a shield and she's the only other character that can pick up Thor's hammer. Which I Thor's find really bizarre. Is
1: Marvel. She's More, DC. Yeah, that's true. Is there her, for a crossover?
0: They're of course, yeah. Yeah, tell a crossover about that. And she's the only other... Well, they're both gods, so that kind of stands to reason, really.
1: Yeah, I just uh, didn't realize DC did overlaps.
0: Yeah. Huh, yeah. I must read that. So there you go. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think around the time, strangely enough, around the time she lost her powers slash empowerment was when Marston died and he was replaced by the writer Dennis O'Neill in 1968. And uh, basically he tried to revamp her and make her more kind of like, I guess, like, you remember the, the British Avengers? Yeah. And kind of more like an M. Peel with sort of martial arts and espionage, rather than, you know, superhero with, like, superpowers and stuff like that. So um, what eventually made them go back to the original Wonder Woman was um, actually a mag, Miss magazine, it was a feminist mag, it was written by Gloria Steinem, and uh, it said Wonder, Wonder Woman for president. And then they, they basically went, went back to the old one after that. It's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. We made some mistakes, we made some, some mistakes. She's, she's cool now, she's cool now. She's, she's got her powers back. And um, So yeah, that's how that happened. Well, so thank you, Gloria Steinem, not only for you know third wave feminism movement, but also for bringing Wonder Woman back to her roots.
1: <laughs> so Wonder Woman could be seen as maybe a symbol of third wave feminism. Absolutely. Oddly enough, she was also, I suppose, a symbol or a women's ambassador to the UN, very, very briefly, and oddly, they picked a fictional character to be their ambassador. However, there was a lot of protests. Um, a petition signed by about 44,000 people protests the fact that she's so hyper and thought it would give a bad example to women. So she was fired after a couple of months. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I don't know if we can go much further without delving into that hyper nature of Wonder Woman. Should we start in the bondage?
0: Yeah, I mean, she started off with the BDSM. We might as well go from there.
1: Yeah, so her original creator, William Moulton Marston, very sexually liberated and sex positive. He lived with his wife and lover.
0: The Mange Etoile.
1: Yeah, and after he died, the two women, uh, Elizabeth Holloway and Olive Byrd, lived together for another 40 years. Like they were yeah. very happy with this very situation. Yeah,
0: yeah. But did you know that Gene uh, Simmons, Diana Ross, and Cher also had a Mange
1: Etoile? I did not know that. Did it last know. long?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that lasted about 10 years, and apparently, they were the first to see Prince live. Oh, and they're like, This guy's amazing, he's going to be big. So, yeah, I, I just find that so bizarre.
1: Yeah, definitely. Maybe there's something to this, <laughs> but that's something that's still <laughs> progressive today. Like, this is 75 years ago, and polyamory is still quite taboo. Oh, yeah,
0: completely taboo.
1: And on top of all that, he was into bondage.
0: In case you didn't notice, if you've ever read or seen the TV series, yeah,
1: just Google the old comic. She is tied up so often; she ties people up like the lasso of truth, as well.
0: More than any other character in DC
1: yeah. ever. And um, he used; to, he wrote the scripts of the original um, comics. He went to DC with this idea, and they said, "Yeah, sounds cool, but you have to write it." So he wrote the scripts for the comic, and then he wrote notes for the artists on what he wanted in each panel. And his notes for the bondage panels are incredibly uh, detailed. In one, uh, one story when she was taken prisoner by Mars, The God of War, his notes for the artist are Close-up, full-length figure of Wonder Woman. Do some careful chaining here. Mara's men are experts. Put a metal collar on Wonder Woman with a chain running off from the panel as though she were chained in a line of prisoners. Have her hands clasped together at her breast with double bands on her wrists, her Amazon bracelets and another set. Between these run the short chain about the length of a handcuff chain. This is what compels her to clasp her hands together. Then put another heavier, larger chain between her wristbands, which hangs in a long loop to just above her knees. At her ankles show a pair of arms and hands coming from out of the panel, clasping about her ankles. The whole panel will lose its point and spoil the story unless these chains aren't drawn exactly as described here and exactly as in bold. So he cared very deeply about these chains.
0: Yeah, all the chains, all the leather, (laughs) all the time.
1: It got to the point where various executives and people in DC weren't so happy with this. Um, one editor, you find it, Rubisec, I think is how you pronounce it, R-U-B-I-E-C-E, sent him a memo, and the, uh, the memo reads, it's basically a list of other ways he can have Wonder Woman tied up without chains, but it reads, list of methods which can be used to keep women confined or enclosed without the use of chains. Each one of these can be varied in many ways, enabling us, as I told you in our conference last week. To cut down on the use of chains by at least 50 to 75% without it at all interfering with the excitement of the story or the sales of the books.
0: This guy's just no fun. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, that's how often he used it to the point where it was starting to annoy other people. And he had to cut down by 50 to 75%. Oh dear. So, why do you think this obsession?
0: You're going to have to ask Freud that one, I think.
1: <laughs> Well, (laughs) Marist himself tried to justify it by saying um, he liked the image of women breaking chains. And in fairness, Wonder Woman nearly always escapes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: What was that thing with that? Her her mouth and her her, her eyes were were gagged?
1: So sometimes this idea of breaking chains was a bit undercut by the sexist tones of the time. But one particular uh, issue in her earlier runs, she was, I suppose there wasn't any chains, but her mouth was taped and her eyes were taped. And she was trying to escape, and is kind of described in detail, the narrator, how she tries with her might, and she opens her mouth and breaks the one on her lip, and then she's going to try and open her eyes, but a direct quote from her out loud in the comic is, uh, my feminine vanity won't let me pull out my eyelashes, I'll have to escape blindfolded. And then presumably she just runs around with her eyes taped shut for a while.
0: Oh, she's like... A, a diva version of Daredevil <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not in these heels <laughs> and uh, yeah I just find that really really bizarre yeah but
1: although I am glad the new film they seem to have kept the lasso of truth so at least they're yeah. not trying to I suppose censor it
0: yeah I'm glad they didn't keep the the invisible jet plane though
1: no for Wonder Woman 2 you never know what they'll do
0: oh <laughs> the um, superheroes
1: haven't been great at sequels so far yeah
0: <laughs> that's true, that's true. But uh, yeah, back to the original TV pilot.
1: Oh, um, yes.
0: She looked nothing like the Wonder Woman that we know, know and
1: love. Is this Linda Carter now? No, no, no. 70s. Linda
0: Carter was 1975. This is Lee Crosby,
1: the lesser known oh, yes. one. Yes, she was in Cat- the 60s, wasn't she? She was 1974. Oh, 74. I think that she's that close to, to Linda Carter. Yeah, it was
0: 1974 and it was made for ABC. And yeah, she was like a, a tennis player. As well as an actress, and uh, yeah, she had blonde hair, and uh, she didn't have any of her superhuman powers either. So, basically, she was like the 1968 version. And uh, also, uh, the bad guy in this was played by Ricardo Montalban, also known as Mister Mister Rock Ro- from Fantasy Island and Khan from Wrath of Khan.
1: <laughs> Khan. That's a hell of a career.
0: <laughs> You've got to love Ricardo Montalban
1: so that never really went anywhere but the Linda Carter season was much more successful
0: much more successful and that came out the following year also by ABC and it was played by yeah Linda Carter who was you know they stayed true to the to the original version of this one with Raven black hair blue white and busty busty <laughs> red white and blue there we go and busty and uh, yeah and uh, that also show, again, it was only for four seasons but that paved the way for other TV shows like The Incredible Hulk. Mm. The Incredible Hulk.
1: Yeah, yeah, with the green body paint.
0: The green body paint, yeah.
1: However, it was definitely the most successful of the Wonder Woman, Wonder Women, Wonder Woman's shows. Absolutely,
0: yeah, because like that was the only kind of so, pop culture reference, I would have known, besides the comics too, Wonder Woman would have been the TV show from 1975.
1: Yeah. And tonally, it was very similar to Adam West Batman.
0: Yeah. Not quite as cheesy and campy, but a little bit cheesy and campy.
1: <laughs> Close ass.
0: For the 70s, yeah. And, uh, the next
1: attempt at a TV show was in 2011, wasn't it? Was there any between the two? No, there's none between the two, no. So, they, they filmed a pilot which never aired. Adrian Palicki, or Palaki played Wonder Woman. And in this, she was the CEO of Themyscira Industries. They seem to have moved fairly away from the character. And one of the biggest controversies was about her costume, uh, as indeed is actually playing Gal Gadot as well, or Gal Gadot for the new movie. But in the TV show, she wore blue spandex trousers, and one of the most repeated criticisms I could find online was that it looked too porny, and uh, NBC <laughs> passed on, on the show.
0: She's not showing
1: enough boob! I know. Um, But then, actually, speaking of not showing enough boob, did you see the criticism when Gala Gadot was cast as Wonder Woman for the new film?
0: It wasn't porny enough?
1: No, that her boobs were too small was the main criticism of her.
0: Oh, yeah, I read this. Like, she's not the right shape.
1: Yeah, but who cares? She's, like, exercising for a living. She's a warrior.
0: Exactly. I <laughs> mean,
1: lay off the girl. Jesus. Exactly. Also, actually, I just realised
0: there's a strange connection between uh, the pilot from 2011 and the new movie. As yeah. I was saying, that Robin Wright is in the, the new movie as Hippolyta, and she was in The Princess Bride as Buttercup. Gary Ewells, who who is... Also, the main character in The Princess Bride was supposed to be in the pilot. He was in the pilot for the one that didn't take off in 2011. So weird, right?
1: Yes, people seem to be getting typecast all over the place.
0: <laughs> oh, just everybody loves that movie. Everybody loves The Princess Bride.
1: Also, in terms of adaptations, um, probably my favourite has to be the epic rap battles of history. They did a Wonder Woman versus Stevie Wonder Uh, you know the whole
0: connection there oh
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) and while it's not necessarily canon it's amazing and everyone should listen to it yeah it's
0: very good (laughs) also if you're gonna check out, again i'm assuming a lot of our listeners were Born before the seventies. If you're gonna watch Wonder Woman, please watch the Incredible Hulk as well with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferengo. Lou Ferrigno used to be actually a wrestler, but he was a professional wrestler. Have you ever seen the Incredible Hulk series? I did,
1: yeah, yeah, but I don't know Lou Ferrigno.
0: He was basically the guy who turns green. Yeah. And they'd have to like break his shirt. Apparently, they they wrote thousands and thousands of shirts. They just rip and and then he would like turn over a car and be like, <laughs> but in real life he was like a dumb pussycat oh. really, really nice to have like, An outtake of him and he's got a little bunny In his hand
1: It's always the gentle giants
0: He's a total gentle giant <laughs> and um, yeah, So that I just thought that was adorable
1: And then the final adaptation Between her inception and now Or at least the final TV adaptation Was the 2009 animated movie And DC in general their animated movies Seem to be more successful than their they're cinematic releases Yeah, these they're days. live actions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're much more critically acclaimed and much more favoured, bar the killing joke. Uh, everyone seems to prefer the animated movies. But the 2009 DC animated one, um, in it Diana was voiced by Kerry Russell and Nathan Fillion uh, voiced Steve Trezor, Trevor. And it's brilliant as well. They're quite sassy. They stay true to the original. They've got Ares, God of War, the whole birth of the Amazons, birth of Diana. And then she comes to New York and has a brilliant little scene where the little girl is being bullied. And she teaches her how to sword fight and go play with the boys and tells her to go raise hell.
0: That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And uh, also in Super Friends, I'm sure you've heard of Super Friends, Linda Carter also did the voice of Wonder Woman in that. too. We? Yeah. Huh. Cute clip. <laughs>
1: Uh, and then, of course, the Justice League of America, Justice League Unlimited, and all the Justice League cartoons are, um, I think believe they're on Netflix at the minute, or at least Netflix Ireland, but it's very hard to beat the T.G. Cacher versions.
0: Oh yeah, you can't beat the T.G. Cacher so, programmes. For for our non-national listeners, T.G. Cacher means TG4, and it's an all-Irish-speaking TV channel on yes. Ireland, and it's just classic.
1: So imagine Batman with a thick Donegal accent and speaking Irish. <laughs> and
0: Spongebob.
1: And Spongebob and South Park as well. Is oh, very good. Spon-
0: that's South Park, I remember that. <laughs> Oh God.
1: Um, so they're the kind of TV adaptations. When it comes to video games then as well, easily the biggest characters in the DC, Adam- DC universe are Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. So for comparison's sake, Superman has 15 video games named after him or with- featuring him. Batman has thirty-eight, and I'm sure you can all guess how many Wonder Woman has. Zero. zero.
0: <laughs> Big, fat zero, which is ridiculous. I mean, like, you, you, she's like a supporting role in other games, mm.
1: but there's but no. But they're mainly just combat games. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So her character is so iconic. Like, I don't know anyone who doesn't recognize her. I wonder why it's taken this long. Seventy-five odd is years. A- <laughs> What was that? Didn't quite catch that.
0: I said (laughs) sexism!
1: Hmm. (laughs) But yeah, I believe believe that's probably the only answer. Like People say she's too weird, but you can't get any weirder than Superman being put in a pod and sent to Earth by his parents. And Batman is odd in his own way as well. In fact, they're similar enough in that they both have gadgets and
0: all that kind of thing. Yeah, but I mean, Batman is just rich and fucked up when you think about it. When it
1: comes to plot lines and stuff. I don't know, I don't think she's any weirder or any harder for people to connect to than other DC properties.
0: I mean, like, if, if she's weird, it's because Marston made her weird, who is yes. a man! <laughs> so get off her backs! <laughs> and uh, also we forgot to mention that actually back in 2008, Joss Whedon actually scripted a Wonder Woman movie. Uh, but uh, it didn't take off because uh, Warner Brothers got cool feet. They didn't think it would make money at the box office.
1: And I think with Joss Whedon at the helm, that would have given them some confidence. Like, he's so bankable, particularly in his history with female characters like Buffy. Exactly.
0: Like, he's a raging feminist.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, you, you've seen Buffy. You've seen The Avengers. They killed it. Yeah. So, fuck you, Warner Brothers.
1: <laughs> the moral of the story is, fuck you, Warner Brothers. you.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, yeah, actually, that's probably one of the best things about uh, about Wonder Woman in terms of just she's quite powerful, but her villains are probably the most powerful villains in the DC universe. They are gods, <laughs> literal gods.
0: I mean, fuck Lex Luthor,
1: yeah. So she fights Ares, the god of war, quite regularly. Yeah, she fights um, Eris, who's the goddess of strife, and that she's particularly prominent in the new '52 run of the character as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Also. There's another character who's, she's very prominent, even from the very beginning of the comics, is uh, Cheetah.
1: Oh, yeah, cheetah, yeah. Cheetah, <laughs>
0: who's uh, basically half cheetah, half woman. And she's like, I guess, you know, a shit version of Cheetora from Thundercats, like way less impressive.
1: We <laughs> gotta love Cheetora.
0: But um, yeah, that's basically all she is. But I think, yeah, the gods are obviously the, the worthy adversaries here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And she also fights uh, notably Giganta who's a massive, massive woman. And I don't know if she's anything else about her than the fact that she's big and Giganta was a good pun. Maybe. Yeah, it seems like all you need to be a superhero. She's like, oh, puny god! <laughs> um, So, we talk a little bit about the fact that she's an Amazon?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Marston based her on Amazons and kind of Greek myths and Greek mythology which is where all the gods and her enemies come from and basically in terms of the amazon's history the ninth labor of hercules or heracles was to steal the girdle of hippolyta so he went to the amazons to steal this offer and hercules is the pinnacle of masculinity like the manliest manly man you can I'm sorry, imagine when you
0: say girdle i just instantly think of william shatner as her <laughs> where's my girdle
1: <laughs> not quite as uh i suppose alluring as his but close enough <laughs>
0: Heaven's love, I think Hercules has taken my girdle.
1: (laughs) So he was the pinnacle of masculinity, and the Amazons were the pinnacle of femininity in the myths. They were quite impressive, even to the ancient Greeks, as in Jason and the Argonauts sailed close to their island and got scared when they were chased by feathery darts and sailed away as quickly as they could
0: fuck Jason though I mean like he couldn't even look after his kids
1: yeah but neither could Hercules Hercules killed them and gets a pass
0: exactly right and (laughs) killed his kids and his wife and Disney are like oh yeah he's great yeah Yeah, look up to him
1: kids look at (laughs) Herc Herc but the Amazons were incredibly powerful just like Wonder Woman is incredibly powerful they're one of the only enemies in Greek mythology who actually invaded Attica they are compared to giants and centaurs showing just how Kind of irrational and out there they are, like a society worn by women. That's madness.
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and another thing I really love about Wonder Woman is, again, she's like super powerful. Also, she's very gentle as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's like loving and compassionate and peaceful, seems to be some of her most touted virtues.
0: Exactly. She loves animals. Yeah. You know, I'm sure she plays the harp. Do oh, she would
1: probably—I say—be a liar, wouldn't it? I oh, in a liar, days.
0: Yeah, I—I <laughs> say when she's in America, she you know goes to Lush and buys bath bombs.
1: Now, don't don't disrespect Lush. I'm
0: not disrespecting <laughs> Lush at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I guess like the real enemy to her aren't necessarily bad guys; it's war itself.
1: Yeah, like she fights the literal embodiment of war, Ares. Yes, exactly. However, she, surprisingly, she's one of the few characters in DC who actually kill their enemies. She's a less impressive enemy roster. Some people have criticised her Of than, say, Batman or Superman. Mm-hmm. And in one of the comics, I can't remember the exact quote, but she basically says, like, when I deal with them, I deal with them.
0: Yeah. yeah, actually, that's true. There is, um, in, in kind of comic book series, she does actually kill a guy. He gives her a choice. He's like, okay, either kill me and let everyone live, or, don't kill me and let everyone die. And it's kind of like, well, huh, what are you going to do there? And uh, obviously, yeah, she kills them And then Superman and Batman are like, yeah, that, that's not cool. You can't do that. And she, she's in their bad box. And it's like, well, hey, she was put between a rock and a dark place. What would you do?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, she's she's a fascinating character, which is possibly part of why she hasn't been adapted more often. She's much, I was going to say complex. It's hard to know if she's complex or just complicated. Oh, she's a woman, she's
0: totally complicated. Yeah, yeah, probably on
1: her period too, while we're at it. Yeah, well, don't go that far. <laughs> but uh, like Batman's angsty, Superman is good. It's very hard to sum up what Wonder Woman is.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's she's a god, she's a superhero, she's a woman. A lot of things going on there. Yeah. She yeah. wears a lot of trousers for someone who doesn't wear trousers.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful way of putting it. <laughs> Um, In terms of the actual comics themselves, there is a podcast dedicated to Wonder Woman called The Lasso of Truth. And they go through, starting from the beginning, episode by episode, going through various plot lines. So if anyone's interested, obviously either read the comics or listen to that podcast.
0: Yeah, I recommend that actually. And um, just so you know, here's a little tidbit here. When we were coming up with this podcast, we were thinking of names. And one of the names, I didn't mention this to you actually, was... Femicast.
1: Oh, you never told me that.
0: And I was like, oh, that sounds like a brand of tampons
1: right Yeah, there. or some sort of hygiene product or something. Hyg-
0: yeah. Anyway, the word Femi or Fem, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's something you stick up your goof.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the new 52 run in the comics, I suppose, is breaking a trend again in creating a new type of Wonder Woman in that they went very, very dark. Like, we spoke at the beginning with the origins of Wonder Woman. She was either made from clay or Hippolyta had a relationship with Zeus, yes, yeah. But in the new Fifty Two, Diana believes the Mage from Clay myth, but it slowly revealed to her that this isn't what happened. And they start. Um, it's written by Stephen Azzarello, who also wrote Joker, and they start slowly revealing. That the Amazons used to be pirates, they'd kidnap men, they'd rape them, they'd kill male babies, only keep the girls, and that kind of thing. Kind of like the opposite
0: of China, basically.
1: Kind of, kind of. But also, it's um, part of the original myths of the Amazons, that the Greeks believed. So they're going, again, back to the myths, and it's gone quite brutal Mm -hmm. and angsty. Like, everything is decreed to be since the Dark Knight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But... um... Yeah, it's fun. I'm really looking for this movie now, because it's got really good reviews, which I'm delighted with. I'm so yes. happy.
1: And a lot of the reviews are saying, like, no, it's actually just a good movie, rather yeah. than trying to set, rather than trying to build it up into something. So, now, spoiler alert, neither of us have seen the movie. But
0: so. uh, we're, we're about to see it now, so uh, please come and join us.
1: Yeah, so for the authentic listening experience, please press pause, and just wait for an hour or two, and then we'll tell you what we thought.
0: Exactly, and you can go watch that movie. while well, we're watching the movie, that's... Really authentic. Yeah, there you are. It'd be like you're in the cinema with us. Alright, so we're off now to uh, (laughs) watch the movie. Okay, bye. (laughs) Oh, what a surprise. Strange. Fortunately, I have another matter
1: to attend to. What are you? You will soon find out.
0: As you are, you are still no match for me.
1: <laughs> we'll see about that. And we are back from the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> it is nearly midnight here in podcast land. We did not plan this well at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, Wonder Woman, the third, fourth movie in the DC universe, isn't it? Man of Steel. Was it in the Superman before that?
0: There was a Superman before that? So yeah.
1: Superman, Man of Steel,
0: Batman v Superman, Superman.
1: Suicide Squad. All objectively terrible. Um, I fell asleep during Man of Steel, but I can only assume it was also I shite. Didn't even
0: bother seeing it. So.
1: <laughs> so, a lot of pressure on Wonder Woman. First female superhero and hopefully the film that can save the DC Universe. So, did it?
0: I think Wonder Woman saved the DC Universe. Well done.
1: Job done. Let's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, but actually, I'd be with you on, in that I'd be interested in seeing Justice League now, whereas before I was kind of on the fence.
0: Yeah, yeah, same as. But I thought the the trailer
1: looked good for Justice League. I haven't seen it. Yep. I'm trying to avoid trailers, because even, like, we saw the Spider-Man trailer before the movie, and I felt like it gave too much away. Okay. Yeah. That's I like that. I like not knowing.
0: I like the mystery. <laughs> Um, I also I just uh, I made a mistake earlier that I just want to correct that um, Robin Wright actually plays Antiope, who trains Wonder Woman, and her mother is actually played by Connie Nielsen, so that was my mistake.
1: <laughs> well done. And um, in terms of the film itself, it had been getting good reviews, but I was really worried that the good reviews were just it was good compared to Suicide Squad, which isn't hard.
0: Oh, I was kind of worried as well because Ghostbusters also got really good reviews. Did it? Yeah. Mm. I think um, the New York Times gave it like five stars.
1: Really? Yes. Jeez, that was overshadowed very quickly.
0: Very quickly. (laughs) Consider what
1: a flop it was. Oh dear. Um... And like it does have all the stuff that a film needs like characters and plot and coherent fight scenes that have been absent from the DC canon.
0: Exactly and the funny bits were funny, the sad bits were sad.
1: Yeah. But it all worked. Yeah but it also I think it did more than just work in a lot of parts. So um, if you haven't already figured it out there's going to be spoilers. Uh, if you couldn't figure that out then we can't help you.
0: Spoiler alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! If you don't want to hear spoilers then please fast forward
1: now. <laughs> After pausing for two hours, like we requested earlier.
0: <laughs> Very demanding for a podcast.
1: Yes, we're divas, really. <laughs> <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised at how closely it adhered to the myth. It didn't get rid of all the kind of crazier out there stuff from Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like there's no invisible plane, but there was a lasso of truth, there was this hidden island of women, That's all true. the gods. Yeah, there was. It was also a really epic scene earlier on. I think one of my favorite scenes was um, the fight scene on the beach where the Amazons on horseback fight the German army with their guns. Yeah, that was brilliant.
0: Yeah, and I thought it worked really well in World War Two, as opposed to sorry, World War One, rather than World War Two.
1: Yeah, I think part they risked on too many comparisons to Captain America. if It was World War Two.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it would have been too similar, yeah. and um, but it kind of worked in World War One anyway, and. Didn't she say in Superman v. Batman that she was over 100 years?
1: Yeah, yeah, she, she would be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so she's obviously immortal then. Yeah. Because she's a god. She's a god. So they started off with a whole made of Clay story that we mentioned earlier, but that turned out to be a cover for the fact that she's actually a daughter of Zeus. So they kind of went with two origin stories. Yeah, which the worked. Well.
0: So everybody was happy with that.
1: Yeah. 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 And as a character, I liked her.
0: Yeah, she was definitely likeable and relatable. And and I could have gotten so wrong but yeah. I didn't
1: yeah because like she's an innocent little thing in this modern world and she's so self-righteous she could have easily been really really annoying
0: yeah yeah and she was funny as well yeah. she was really funny there's this really good bit where they're shopping for woman clothes her female clothes yeah. in a boutique and um, they find a dress for her and she goes, they go, try this on. And she goes, okay. Takes off all of her kit in front of everybody. And she's like, no, 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 no. In here, in here. <laughs> and uh, also when they put a dress on her, she's clearly really uncomfortable and um, she just kicks up her foot and she's like, how are you supposed to fight
1: in this? <laughs>
0: and thus ripping the dress.
1: Yeah. Was, yeah, it's a very comical scene. Uh, do you want to talk about Edda Candy? Cause you mentioned her earlier.
0: Yeah, Edda Candy, who's... Uh, She's in the comic book series, the original comic book. Uh, they uh, put her in the movie as well. Yeah, I liked her in the film, actually. She was very good. She was very funny in the film. She's played by that actress. Um, she's in Shaun of the Dead. Let's see if I can remember her name. And Another thing I kind of noticed in the movie is I felt like this would be an excellent game. I would love to play this.
1: Yeah, like you know, World War One, you've got all these kind of interesting twists. There's spies in it. There's um covert ops. There's overt ops. It's it will be brilliant.
0: There are gods in this.
1: And the fight scenes are convincing. It's not like Batman v Superman, where or even just The Dark Knight Rises, where the entire film builds up to a fist fight at the end. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Edda Candy was in it, and Edda Candy, she's a sort of like a sidekick. And uh, her special power is basically eating. <laughs>
1: Lucy Davis is the actress who Lucy played her. Lucy Davis. <laughs> there we go. Um, 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 in terms of characters, um, what do you make of Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't really compare him to any other uh, Steve Trevors because, um, I, again, I haven't seen the TV series. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen him in the animated one.
1: Yeah, the animated one is played by Nathan Fillion, and Nathan Fillion works in the animated one, but it's a very different tone. Mm. Like it's much more lighthearted than what they were going for in this film. So I okay. think they both work. Yeah. They're both very different steves. Yeah. I like that he was competent. He's he actually was. a good spy.
0: He was. He was an excellent spy. Yeah. He was very good. Um, I mean, if you infiltrate, you know, a mythical island, that's pretty impressive. That's something you put on your CV. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a
1: spy. Although infiltrating implies it's intentional. He still probably shouldn't have been in that airspace.
0: Was it, though? Although it was, was World War
1: I, not World War II, like we were looking up earlier. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. No, I, I thought he was good. He was convincing. He was good in the role. Yeah. Um, and I was definitely rooting for him as well.
1: Yeah. It's also interesting, like, they could have very easily done a role reversal where the male sidekick becomes, like, useless and inefficient and it's just, like, the equivalent of your princess is in another castle, damsel in distress. But they didn't. They made them all quite... Decent, capable characters.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Even the side characters, like there's so many moments of nuance in it. In terms of war is bad. Yeah. Like um the the Charlie is it Charlie? The Scottish Charlie. Charlie, yeah,
0: played by you Bremmer, who's also in Train Spotting.
1: Yeah, yeah, he looked psychopathic in this. <laughs> but um, has PTSD. Yeah. Who and she calls a murderer, but then she kind of sees him go through some stuff. Then he sings a song, which is lovely. And uh, just lovely. Lovely. And then there's the chief, never given another name, the random Native American in the Middle of World War He just
0: happens to be in Belgium during World War One, I, yeah. I guess. I mean, why not?
1: But he's not taking sides, and she finds that interesting. And then he mentions his people have been killed by Steve's people, and she starts to question, well, maybe Steve's the good guy.
0: And yeah. it's slowly kind
1: of built up over her whole kind of moral arc, learning that. Yeah, it's not all Aries. People can just be arseholes sometimes. Yeah, and, and not everything is black and white,
0: people. There, are, there is a grey area there in yeah. people. And um, yeah, um, what do you think of the bad guys?
1: Um, as in the Germans or the big bad? The big bads. Big bads. I loved uh, Isabel Moreau, is it? The kind of Dr. Poison.
0: Who the chemist.
1: really cool like, porcelain-looking mask to cover a disfigurement to presume self-inflicted or accidentally self-inflicted. Yeah, it's, 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 we
0: don't we actually find that out. Yeah. And it left a bit of mystery.
1: Yeah, which is nice. I like that they didn't explain everything.
0: Like yeah. They didn't
1: treat the audience like idiots. <laughs> but, um, oh, she's so creepy. Super creepy. And I like that she didn't necessarily fall for all Steve's bluff. Like, she didn't give anything away when he infiltrated that gala. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And, and again... Um, all the women portrayed in it were very intelligent, which yeah. I really liked.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there was like, again, moral shades of gray, even within the Amazons, in that they weren't all right, they weren't all wrong. They were arguing about the merits of intervening in the real world. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And then what's was it Ludendorff, the German general guy that she thought was Aries? Yeah. Yeah. The he worst. was probably a bit more over the top, I suppose.
0: I guess evil, evil, evilly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I did like the scene where they um, threw in the canister of poison into the room of all the German up higher-ups and then threw in one gas mask. Like that Which was such a, work! That was such an evil touch. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it, was, it was proper evil.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Ares himself.
0: Ares himself.
1: <laughs> so it's revealed that Ares is... I can't even remember the character's name.
0: Can't remember his name either. It's played by David Culas anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. keep an eye out for him. But yeah, it was a bit of a twist, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's I mean I wasn't overly surprised when I found out who it was because there was something shifty about him from the minute he was on screen. I'm just
1: like hmm. Yeah, he was very all over
0: her. Maybe it was something on the t- in the Tash.
1: Creepy <laughs> Tash. Yeah, and like he trans he's this very upper class, proper looking English man with a mustache. And he transforms into Aries, and he still has the moustache, like through the head grid on the helmet and it's really out of place looking.
0: Very out of place <laughs> looking. But um, actually David Tulis, I've only ever seen him playing characters with moustaches.
1: Really? I wonder if mm-hmm. that in his contract or something. You like <laughs> some people have no nudity clauses?
0: You must have a moustache in
1: everything you play. <laughs> Speaking of nudity, there was a sex scene, which is good to see in a comic that started off as so sex positive. Also oh, there was a dick joke. Oh, you notice yes. the dick joke it was yes. very subtle it was it was actually because they could have very easily gone cheesy with that but yeah there was, was very it solid. was nice and there is a scene with her and Steve she initiates and it's all consensual and he's very respectful earlier on when they're, they have to go to sleep in the boat and it was lovely and then they go up to bed and it cuts to black because it's 12 and we can only assume that's when the bondage and the polyamory starts yeah of course yeah.
0: <laughs> just the way Millie Marston
1: would have wanted it exactly <laughs> Um, any criticisms of the movie then? We've been fairly positive so far.
0: Um well yeah, you had the criticisms.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I right. no um I felt the third act wasn't as strong as the other two. It did get very monologue near the end. Uh, and then we did no well, we didn't cop Joseph's driving and he mentioned there's a scene at the end, he drive Steve drives the plane or flies the plane of gas, hydrogen, hydrogen gas, gas. hydrogen based poison up into the atmosphere and blows it up so that it won't hurt anyone. Um, and Joseph made the point that he could have just like destroyed that on the ground and not died because the flames would have destroyed the poison. Like she could have dealt with that. He didn't need to die.
0: Yeah, it's like he just had to be the hero,
1: didn't he? Exactly. He had <laughs> to
0: be the hero. And then again, but then again, if if that didn't happen then there wouldn't be the sad, sad scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to have that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, but apart from that, like I thought it was good. It was probably possibly a little too long, but I don't know, is that just the uncomfortable cinema seats?
0: Um no, it was quite long. Like when we got in there it was, it was
1: half eight. Yeah, but there were trailers really and stuff then.
0: Weren't a the trailers though.
1: Yeah. Not so yeah, long. nearly two and a half hours is the run time. It's it? a long fucking time. Yeah. Two hours, 21 minutes. Okay, so... um, Wonder Woman started out as this incredibly transgressive, progressive character, and she still seems to be, in terms of the fact that in 2017, a female-led movie is still radical. How how novel of us. But also (laughs) even in terms of the fact that she's played by... Is she half Israeli? No, she's she's Israeli. Israeli actress. So in modern Trump, uh, Trumpian America, that can be seen as dodgy, considering she's such a patriotic character. Even in the original comics is this foreigner from a Greek island that no one's ever heard of coming to America, wearing the colours of the flag and mm-hmm. kicking ass and defending them, so that was transgressive then, 75 years ago and still is now so I think we do need films like this absolutely, and heroes like this and like representation matters
0: In the, I hate saying this, the Trump era yeah. post <laughs> let's let's hope it's not area. long enough
1: to you for the word era to apply
0: it feels like a fucking
1: hero already Improve, (laughs) improve. (laughs) The sooner, the better. Okay, and that's been Oh My Podcast, our very first ever episode.
0: Well done! (laughs) Yay, we made it!
1: (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions or comments, or just want to say hi, you can find us on Facebook at Oh My Podcast, on Twitter at at my underscore podcast. Please be nice. We it is our first one our first time, be gentle. We're open to criticism, but be polite. Constructive criticism. (laughs) Yes. We're also open to compliments as well. Exactly. Of course, of course. Uh, Tune in next pod time for... Next pod time. Next podcast. And
0: uh, we'd like to uh, thank Megan for her art logo and Darren Donahue for the music. I've been Ali Kerr. And
1: I'm Katie McDermott.
0: And here ended the podcast.